Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's get it for Jesus all across this place. Man, we're so excited. All you guys online, we're so happy to have you with us. We're in our Family Matters series. Our creative team is awesome. Everybody around here is just, man, I, I love you guys so much. We're in three services now. And man, so uh, God did something powerful last service. I know he's going to do something amazing this service. And next service is going to be the same way. So we're, we're just super, super pumped. And so, man, we've been in the Family Matters series. And I remember growing up, I played Little League football. For the record, I've never been a small person. Okay, so... In case you didn't know that, y'all didn't have to laugh that hard. All right, that was, uh, no, like, I've never been a small person. So playing Little League football, I was like a coach's like dream. He was like, oh, yes, perfect, right? So, um, but I remember playing. And so in championship games, it wasn't uncommon for me to play offense and defense for part of the game. Like it was just whatever it took to win. And so I remember we were playing uh, and we were playing in the championship game. And so, man, I'm playing, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, fourth quarter comes, touchdown, last two minutes, we win the game, we all run, like jump onto our teammates in the end zone, right? And so uh, I see my teammate, he just scored, two of, two of my friends' teammates jumped on him, and I'm like, so I jumped on them, and then they, others jumped on me, and then more people jumped on them, and before I knew it, I'm at the bottom of like 50 people, all right? And so that's where my claustrophobia started, okay? So, so now I have a problem with being in tight spaces. No, but for real. And so, uh, no, it's not super bad, but like, if I think about like putting on a straitjacket or something like that, like that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, so, but I remember that's kind of like, that was a moment in time where I remember sitting at the bottom, I'm like... I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here. Like, it's been real, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, <laughs> Lord, thank you for the life that I had, you know, at eight years old. So, but I remember sitting there and, uh, and it was like, I felt trapped. Like, I couldn't get out of this massive pile of people. Everyone's jumping on top. And, uh, and, and it felt like forever. It was probably like two minutes and they finally got us out of there. But it felt like forever that I was just trapped under all of this, like the weight of all of this stuff, all these people. And maybe you've never been at the bottom of a doggy pile at the end of a football game. But I do believe many of you know what it feels like to be trapped in areas of your life where you can't feel like you can't get out of. <laughs> Where you feel like you're trapped in a season, you're trapped in a situation, you're trapped in a moment, you're trapped. It's like, it's like man, I, I, God, I want to be out of this particular season. And for whatever reason, he kind of lets you stay there. Anybody? Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been there. So, like, I know what that feels like. And I find it so interesting. There's five areas of life. That, and some people have broken these out differently, but I want to give them to you in, in five areas. There's five primary areas of life that people experience, Right. I'm going to give them to you quickly to help you understand kind of what I'm looking at. The first one is aspirational, the aspirational portion of your life or area of your life. That's your career. That's your uh, education, your degrees. Like you have aspirations to do something great or be something great. And in these areas of life, as we deal with our aspirations, we're constantly trying to make progress with our life. The second one is our developmental portion of our life. And so in the developmental part of our life, right, what are we trying to do? We're trying to build uh, on our emotional health. We're trying to build on our uh, uh, mental health. You know what I mean? Like, so, so the develop, developmental portions of our life, even our physical health, this kind of falls into this category, right? And so uh, we've all kind of can understand that. So we have that realm, and then we have the relational part of our life, 
right? And so the relationships are relationships with you, your friends, your coworkers, your family, um, different people in your small groups, who you serve alongside at church, your boss, all those people. So we all have a relational component to our life that affects us. But then there's also the personal area of our life. And in the personal area of our life, the part that we're dealing with there right, is your goals, your personal ambitions. So not so much your degree or your career, but you for your family, what you're trying to develop within yourself. How many guys also know your responsibilities? Anybody got responsibilities, right? Anybody remember Tommy Pickles? (laughs) I'm so... I'm so sick of responsibilities, right? You know what I mean? So like that, that whole part of our life. So like those are just the responsibilities that we have in life. And for each person, the responsibility component is different. The, the personal component to your area of life, that's different for every person according to where you're at in life. And then number five, that's one that we all have. And for us, I think obviously in church and in Christianity, it's one that we pay the most attention to, or at least we try to, which is the spiritual area of our life, right? That's our relationship with God and our relationship with God's people. So we have these five areas of life. Now, this is what I found uh, very interesting. Less than 1% of people are happy with the five primary areas of their life. Less than 1% of people are content. They're happy with where they're at in their life right now. So whether it's their personal, relational, whatever, less than 1% is happy with where they are, which means over 99% of people wish they were in a different place than they currently are. Over 99% of people, listen to me, feel trapped in the current season wishing they were in a different one. And the reality is people, we all can be like in this place where we wish we were in a different place than we're currently at. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you, all right? Because we all can understand what this feels like, to feel trapped where we are, kind of wishing we were somewhere else. And that's what I want to deal with you today, because if there's anyone in the Bible, anyone in the Bible that understands this, it would be the Israelites, right? And as we look at this, this is why this is important, because I want to help you out for a second. For many of you, God has a desire to move you into a new place, a new season, a new realm. And I don't just mean that as like a beginning of the year thing, but I believe for some of you, God has been putting something in your heart over the last 12 to six months. And he's been getting you ready for like, hey, God's, God's prepping you for a new thing. God's prepping you for a new season. He wants to start something new. He wants to move you into a new realm, move you into a new season. He wants to set the stage for things to change. Listen, not just for you, but how about also for your family? Like God has a desire to shift some things around. And I believe this is one of those messages. Hopefully, if you'll hear my heart today, is you'll hear God speaking to you to help you understand what it's going to take to get from where you're at, listen to me, to where God wants you to be. But we're going to have to understand what that looks like. And so the discontentment, say discontent, the lack of satisfaction with where you are, listen, usually means it means you're getting ready to go somewhere else. And the Israelites understood this more than anybody. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1 to understand what it looked like for them. So in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, the Lord is speaking to Joshua. He's giving him a command, and he's getting him ready for something that the Israelites have been waiting for because they've been in the desert for 40 years, all right? And so he gets them ready. He says this, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. 
to the Israelites. So God made a promise that he was going to give this land to the Israelites, right? Now, if, we, if you remember last week, we talked about this. But even if you know parts of your Bible, you remember this. And maybe you don't know this. So let me help you out anyways, all right? So God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, where they were slaves, to bring them into the promised land, right? So that they could rule and have all this favor from God. That was an 11-day journey. But when they got to the promised land, they sent spies in and they said, there's no way we can take that land. And God said, all right, if you're not going to trust me, I'm going to leave you in the desert. And they were there for 40 years. An 11-day journey took 40 years to get there. And so they're in the desert. And so finally, Moses dies. And now that Moses has passed, he says, all right, Josh, I want you to get them ready because we're going to give them a second shot. Now, how many guys know I'm not trying to mess this one up? 40 years? I don't like to wait 40 minutes. I check in at the restaurant when I'm leaving my house, just so I ain't got to get on that waiting list. You know what I'm saying? Texas Roadhouse, bam, all right. <laughs> Them rolls, am I right? Anyway, all right, so, so we, they get there, and now they're at this place where he says, all right, I want you to get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. And then this is what he says. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So God is telling Joshua, get ready. You're going to cross over the Jordan. And so here they are. The Israelites are all standing at the edge of the Jordan, right? They're kind of camping out, waiting for God to make a provision. And they're looking at the land that 40 years ago their ancestors were looking at. The land that's flowing with milk and honey, the land of favor, the land of blessing, the land of promise. They're standing there, they're looking at it. It's on the other side of the Jordan and they're going, all right, we're not going to make the same mistakes that, the parent, that our parents or our grandparents made before us. We want to get ready to inherit the land. So God's getting ready to take Joshua through it. And I can imagine the anticipation we're finally going to get there because I don't know about you guys, 40 years in the desert doesn't sound like fun to me. So we're finally about to get there. But here's what he says. You've got to cross the Jordan. You're going to have to cross over the waters. You're going to have to move because the Jordan up until this point has been the border of the desert in which they've been navigating. And it was never something they could get past. It was always something they could go up to. And listen to me, can I just help you out today? If you're believing that God is leading you in this season of your life, what was once a border will, be have, will have to become a bridge. What was once a border will have to become a bridge. And the reason this is important is because imagine for a second they're moving through the desert and every time they get to the Jordan, the Jordan, listen to me, is the thing that keeps them in bondage. The Jordan is the thing that keeps them in the desert. The Jordan is the thing that keeps them on this side. But God says your promise is on that side. And listen to me, for you, the Jordan is the addiction problem. The Jordan is what you grew up with, the bitterness that you still have. The Jordan is anything in your life that keeps you on this side of what God wants for you. And for many of us, we keep coming right up to the edge and say, man, everything God wants for me is right over there, but I can't get to it because it keeps me on this side of God's favor. It keeps me on this side. Listen to me. Whatever you've experienced in your life is going to have to be the thing that God helps you get over. The thing that's kept you in bondage as a border, you're going to eventually have to find a bridge over it. 
And so for some of us, we, we can't be who God's called. I can't have the marriage God has called me to have because I can't forgive the person that hurt me 20 years ago. I can't let go of what this person did to me. Therefore, I can never true, build true relationships with these people over here. I can't, I can't let go of this addiction. I can't let go of this bondage. I can't seem to find freedom from these areas of my life. What happened over and over again for generations is still holding on to me. And I want to be over there. But listen to me, if you're going to find freedom and you're going to find fulfillment and you're going to find God being everything for you, it's going to take you getting past the thing you've let hold you in bondage. And the thing is, it didn't just hold them in bondage. For some people, listen to me, they're going, it's not just that it got a hold of you, it got a hold of someone before you and got handed to you. For some of you, it wasn't that you picked up that porn problem, it was that it was your great-great-grandfather's problem, and it became your grandfather's problem, then it became your father's problem, and now you're holding it too. It's not the border that just held you back. It's the border that held your ancestors back. And listen to me, just because your great-great-grandfather was an alcoholic and your grandfather was an alcoholic and your father was an alcoholic doesn't mean it has to be the thing that you hold on to your whole life. Just because your great-great-grandmother was broken, your grandmother was broken, your mama was broke, doesn't mean, honey, that you have to be broke anymore. It doesn't mean you have to walk in that bondage. Listen to me, if God wants to move you past it, but listen, 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 you're gonna have to choose to get past the border that you've let be the reason to keep yourself in bondage because freedom is hard work. It doesn't take anything special to stay in bondage. It takes someone special to get past it. And the border, listen to me, you're going to have to find a bridge over it. Because if you'll let it, it'll remain the thing that keeps you in the desert rather than experiencing the promise. And so if you're going to do, listen, what was once a border will have to become a bridge. That's why Isaiah speaks of, of this idea of a new thing happening in Isaiah 43. He says it like this. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Say new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. He says, don't you perceive it? In other words, don't you feel it? And I want you to think about, I want you to just think inwardly for a second. Don't you, can't, can't these words of prophet Isaiah resonate in you for a second? That there's always been this unction in you that God wants to do something more, have a bigger relationship with you, take you to a better place. But for some reason, you haven't quite been able to get past that thing in front of you. Right, how many of us would be honest in here for a second? And we say, Brad, Listen, it's not that I have 20 problems. It's that I got this one or two things in my life. If I could just beat that, I'd be good. Come on, be honest. If I could just, it's just that, that thing. And I'm here to tell you that what if God wants to take, what if that has been the thing that is the border that's been keeping you in the desert, but God has a desire. Listen, he's not saying it's ever going to go away. He's saying he can build a bridge over it. The Jordan didn't cease to exist. God helped move them through it. And so what is he saying? There's, don't you perceive it? Don't you understand? God is doing a new thing, right? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Say the wilderness. You see, because I believe, many of the reasons, I believe one of the reasons why many people don't experience the freedom that God desires for them is they're waiting on the whoop-hoof moment. Where he goes, whoop-hoof. And all of a sudden, you're just free. I don't have no more problems. I hit the lottery. Come on. The McFlurry machine's never broken. All things are good. My spouse never gets on my nerves. My kids are always obedient. Come on, parents. You're waiting on that day, in Jesus' name. Do it, Lord. <laughs> right? You're waiting on this whoop moment where God just does it. But even the prophet Isaiah, when he talks about how God's getting ready to do a new thing, listen to him, he still shows you that he's showing, God is going to show you a way through the desert, not just will poof you out of it. 
In other words, the journey still exists. God's just making a new way for you to get through it. And for those of us that you're, you're waiting on God to just all of a sudden magically open some supernatural door where you no longer have struggles or trials or heartaches or hardships, listen to me, that's not the way the, the Bible shows us anything. You're still going to have to cross over the Jordan. You're still going to have to make the choice to get up, to get out of the wilderness. You're still going to have to trust God for his streams in the death. In other words, there's still going to be a bit of a journey with you, but you got to choose to let the thing that's been holding you back be the thing that God builds a bridge over. Because you can't keep letting those things hold you back from who God desires to make you. Which is why it's really important, the next thing you have to understand, that it's not about stopping something, it's about starting something. It's not about stopping something, it's about starting something. You see, under Moses, they were the people that were constantly trying to get away from Egypt, but under Joshua, there were people trying to get into the promised land. When they were under Moses, they were trying not to be something, but under Joshua, they're trying to become something. And listen, for some of us, we've spent so much of our time trying to get away from the Egypt of our lives, we've never even considered what it would look like to step into the promise of our lives. We're trying so hard to get away from who we used to be, we're not even considering what God would have for us to become. We, have, we don't even have a clear picture on who God wants us to be because all we're trying to do is not be that person, not be that addict, not be that bitter person, not be that angry person, not be focused on who hurt me. Not, I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm trying not to lose my cool, right? I'm trying not, I'm just trying not, I'm trying not. And what if you started being rather than stopping being? <laughs> What if you started pursuing rather than trying? What if instead of getting away from something, that's why Moses had to die because all they could ever see under Moses was who they used to be when God wants you to see who you're gonna be. He wants to see who you're, he's trying to make you. But listen to me, as long as you're married to your bondage, you'll never see your promise. And so under Moses, all they could see was Egypt, even though God had already swallowed up Egypt in the Red Sea. It wasn't just that, they had, that God had to get them out of Egypt. He had to get Egypt out of them. And so it's not about stopping something. You see, for many of us, we think it's about stopping something. Listen, it's not about stopping something. It's about starting something. And that's why Philippians 3, 13 through 14, Paul says it like this. He says, I focus on this one thing. Say one thing. Now, if you don't know about Paul, Paul had a lot to focus on, all right? This man's been bitten by a snake, right, uh, shipwrecked, floated in the ocean for a day, landed up on an island by himself. He's been stoned. He's been tortured. He's been put in prison, right? He's been beaten. He was persecuting Christians. Now he is a Christian, but he has to bring the gospel to Christians. So he has to live with Christians and ask them for offerings, even though he tried to kill them not too long ago. Could you imagine? He's like, hey, brother, can I get some money? I'm like, brother, are you serious right now? Right? So he, he, but he says, I focus on this one thing, this one thing, say one thing. Hey, I focus on this one thing. Are you ready? Build great things. Is that what he said? Focus on this one thing, forgetting what's behind me. This is the hardest thing Paul says that I have to put my attention on is letting go of what's back there. Because until I let go of what's back there, there's no way I can see what's out there. I can't finish the race until I let go of what's behind. What does he say? I press on. I press on. Say it with me. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. But listen to me. For some of us, we never even started the race because we don't, what happened, we don't like what happened at the starting line. 
It hurt back there. I, I went through this. Somebody hurt me before the race ever started. And since the, they hurt me before the race ever started, I never even started the race. And God is saying, but the thing that happened to you isn't the thing that's holding you back now. You're holding you back now from finishing the race. It may have hurt you before the race, but listen to you. It's only the thing that's stopping you from finishing the race. The only thing that matters is that you move through the race, that you finish the race and become what God is calling you to become. Step into the promise that God is asking you to step into. But listen to me, for some of you, you're still mad about what happened to to your grandma before the race started and it's stopping you from even starting your race because it, it happened to her on her race. You're still holding the weight of what they went through and it's stopping you from finishing what God started in you. And God's saying, if you're ever going to finish the race, listen to me, let go of what's behind you. Press on. I'm going to say it again. Press on. Listen, I know it hurt. I know what they did was wrong. I know you were born into a situation that wasn't as favorable as other people. I know that it's not fair that they got a head start on their race and you got held back on yours. But it doesn't mean it's not time for you to run it anyways. Because you can't finish it until you start it. And so we have to start running. But listen to me, I want to help you out with something. As long as you're focused on what you're running from, right? Listen, listen. As long as you're running from, you can't focus on what you're running toward. As long as you're focused on what you're running from, you can't focus on what you're running toward. How many of you drove here today? Right? The rest of you. <laughs> Is this miraculous provision? What are we doing? No, it's like, for those of you that drove here today, how many of you looked in your rearview mirror the whole way here? None of you. If you did, we have a lot to talk about, all right? Unless you drove in reverse the whole way here, which I still think is a spectacular feat that you accomplished, right? Why? Because if you would have drove the whole way here looking in your, your rearview mirror, you would have crashed into things. Listen to me. For some of you, you're trying to move forward in life while looking backwards at things, wondering why you keep running into problems. As long as you're looking behind you, listen, you'll never get where you're going in front of you. That's the reason why the rearview mirror is small and the windshield is large, because it takes way more for you to see what God is going to do in your life versus the small window of what you're living in in the past. What's behind you is behind you. Stop trying to fight the demons of the past more than you're trying to pursue the things of the future. Listen, you got things you got to deal with. There are things that are haunting you. I get that. We all have sins we have to die to every day. So I'm not telling you to get rid of all of it. I'm saying put more attention on what God is making you than what you're trying not to be. Anybody ever tried to diet before? Miserable. How many of you know if you're sitting there going, I can't have chocolate cake, I can't have chocolate cake, I can't have chocolate cake, I can't have chocolate cake. Guess what you're going to eat? Chocolate cake. Boy, let it sit in front of you. Especially if it's like real dense, got rich, homemade. Somebody, the auntie made it. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking. Don't look at me like that. Sorry. Some of y'all fast and still. My bad. My bad. My bad. I get it. As long as you're thinking about what you can't have, you're only going to be focused on wanting to have it. But the second you start focusing on how to get what you're supposed to have, it shifts something in your mind. And you can start pursuing what God has for you. That's why it's not about stopping something. It's about starting something. And then lastly, I want to help you out with this, that one season will have to end before the next one can begin. One season is going to have to end before the next season can begin. Listen, Moses had to die before the promised land became an option. 
Moses had to go. Moses had to die before the promised land became an Listen, one season, you do not get to carry the bondage of this season into the next one. You do not get to press on. That's why it's so important that we understand that for some of you, and listen to my heart today, for some of you, You've been carrying around the things of life for so long, you don't know what it feels like to be free from it. For some of you, you've carried the weight, you've carried the hurt, you've carried the things of life for so long, you don't even know what it looks like to start trying to run the race again because life's just been too heavy for you. But I'm here to tell you that God desires that you would be set free from those Things. That's why it's so important that we understand that God wants to do this in our life. When we go to Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, Jesus is speaking to this idea that for many of us, we've been holding on to things that have been holding us down. They've been too heavy for us. And he says this, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Anybody ever been there? He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, say that word with me, I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And listen to me, for some of you, you need to understand that God's genuine desire for you, listen, is that you would be set free from the heaviness of what you've been carrying around. For some of you, you need to recognize that God has a genuine desire to set free all of the things that you've been clinging to and holding on to, all the things that's been heavy in your life. It's time that you step into a place where you're no longer carrying the heaviness of the world on your neck. That's why he says, he says my yoke is easy and my burden. So he doesn't say, come to me and I'll give you rest. He also says, come to me, and the yoke is the thing they used to place on the oxen, and they would place it on the oxen, and that was what they would use to till the ground. And so they would place this giant thing on the oxen, and he would drag this thing behind him, and as he would drag it behind him, it would tear up all the dirt and the roots, and as it would tear up the dirt and the roots, they could then plant something fresh to go in the ground. Listen, and for some of us, we've been trying to till our own ground rather than taking off the heaviness and letting God put something light on our shoulders so that we can not till the ground but let God till it for us. And so what do we do? We're sitting here in this moment and God desires to let the things come off of our life. And you know what the number one thing I think we're carrying around that we shouldn't be carrying around? Can I just help you out with it? I think it's people. I think it's people. Listen, can I help you out for a second? You can't finish the ra- You can't help someone finish their race until you finish yours. And for some of us, we're carrying the weight of people far too much. For some of us, we're literally, we're shouldering the weight. Listen, you can't help them get to their promised land until you get to yours. You can't help them step into freedom until you find it. You can't lead them somewhere you haven't gone yet, that you haven't communed with God yet, that God hasn't done something supernatural yet. So can I just help you with this? Not everyone that was there for the promise gets to step into it. Moses got the promise. The older generation of Israelites got the promise, but they didn't get to step into it. Why? Because some of it had to be removed before they could get there. And for some of you, 
you're still holding on to too much for you and too much to other people to get where God's trying to take you. Am I saying forget about people? Of course not. What I'm saying is for some of you, it's time you cross the Jordan even if you cross it alone. I'm gonna say that again. For some of you, it's time you cross the Jordan even if you cross it alone. Because God wants to move you into a new place. I told you earlier about how my claustrophobia started with this giant doggy pile when I was eight years old at a Little League football game. And so I was, as I was navigating that, man, the one thing that I didn't tell you was in the fourth quarter of the game, I got injured. And so uh, I hurt my knee really, really bad. And so uh, I was on crutches. I'm already, I've taken my pads off. I've taken everything off. I'm on crutches cheering. So whenever they score the touchdown, I don't run down there. I'm like, boop, boop. You know how someone's in a hurry on crutches. You know what I mean? Like it's not fast at all. And so I'm like hustling down to the end zone. And then like, you can't really jump either. So I just kind of like fell into them. Like, hey, woo, you know, like, and so I like, I'm in the doggy pile and then the pile starts, but guess what everyone else is wearing? Pads helmet, right? And so I'm like, someone like jumps in. I got like a helmet mask mark, like a face mask mark on my arm, like hurt my elbow. And someone, their shoulder pads crammed into my left knee and like hurt my left knee. And like, you know what I mean? And I realized like, not only am I buried under all these people, I'm also buried under all the stuff they brought with them. And for some of you, it's not just that you're buried under all the people you're trying to help. You're not realizing they're bringing some stuff with them and it's smothering you. And listen to me, you need to get somewhere with God where you and God go on a journey. And listen, once you get there, once you know what the roadmap looks like, once you know how to cross the Jordan with yourself and God, listen, then you can come back and start helping some other people. But for some of you, you have not moved forward with God because you don't know what it feels like to do anything alone. And this is the one time in your life God says, you know what, it's just gonna be you and me. You're going, God, I don't like that. It's going to be just you and me. And you're going, I've always had this person or this person. It's going to be you and me. I'm going to lead you across this, just us. Then you can go back and help someone else. And listen to me, God wants that for you. So you say, Brad, how do I do that? How do, how do, how do I really do that? How do I cross the Jordan of my life and the Jordan of your life, like I said, it can be whatever it is. It's holding, how do I cross this place? How do I get there? Can, I'll give it to you. It's not easy, but it is simple. You ready? Choose to let it go. What is it? It is whatever that is. Choose to let it go. That thing. Choose to let go of the thing that's been holding you back. Choose to let go of that failed marriage and you've continued to live under the weight of that. Choose to let go that that loss that you experienced that hurt you so bad. Choose to let go of that traumatic experience that shaped you. Choose to let go of that pain that you've been living in. Choose to let go of that addiction. Choose to let go of that hurt. Choose to let go of whatever it is that's been sitting on your shoulders. Listen to me. And as you choose to let it go, you can start choosing to pursue something else, but you don't get to keep it while you go to where God's leading you. And so we have to choose to let it go. Now, here's the thing I wanted to make sure you understood. Notice I didn't say let it go, because what do you got to do? Choose it. You don't get whoopoofed with this. Come on. You got to make the choice. And I almost included the word every day. Because you're going to have to choose this every day. Because guess what's going to happen? You're going to choose it today, and you're going to choose it the next day. 
but a week from now or a month from now or six months from now, you're going to wake up and you're going to forget to choose it and you're going to feel like you and God are like this again. Can I help you with something? You're going to have to choose it again that day. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to choose it and then you're going to see that person at Target. Nope, not today. Different aisle. You know what I'm talking about? Like, nah, I don't want to go down there, right? You're going to see them at the Krispy Kreme because the hot now light was on, right? You just walked in there. Now you got to choose between cold donuts or forgiveness. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like, cold donuts. Absolutely. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. But for real, we're going to have to choose in this moment, right? You have to choose to let it go constantly. But listen, as you choose to let it go, you get to pick something. That, that's why 1 Peter 5, 7 says it like this. He says, cast your cares on him. Who? God. Cast your cares on God because he cares for you or your anxieties. Cast your anxieties on him. Your cares. Cast all the things you're concerned about on him because he cares for you. But listen, notice he didn't say hand it to him. What did he say? When you cast something, it means you let it go before it lands where it's supposed to land. And some of us want to hand off with God with our problems and God say, no, 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 you're going to have to completely let it go before I pick it up. So listen to me, you have to choose to let it go. You don't know what they did to me. You're right, I don't. But it only continues to be your problem if you continue to hold on to it. What they did to you can be their problem as soon as you let it go. Right now, all you're doing is letting them have the power as long as you're holding on. But maybe it's not a them, maybe it's a that. Maybe it is the loss. Maybe it is a hurt. Listen, you need to choose to let go of the fact, listen, that God's in control and he'll work all things for the good of those that love him or call it according to his purpose. You have to trust him in this. But here's what I've found. And for those of you that don't know, we've experienced a lot of pain in our life too. Me and my wife, we've lost, we lost our son in 2018. We've navigated a difficult journey ourselves. Here's one thing I've learned through that. If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. I'm gonna say it again. If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. So the whole version of you that you need is the one that deals with this and lets it go, chooses to give it to God. That's why in Joshua chapter one, when we go back to the story, they're standing in front of the Jordan and this is what God speaks to Joshua. He says, be strong and very courageous. Say strong. He says, be strong and very courageous. He says, be careful to obey all the law that I gave to my servant Moses, right? He says, don't turn from it to the left or to the right. What does he say? He says, keep your eyes right here because what are you gonna be tempted to do? God, I'm going through, how come, they get, how come they're getting away? God said, no, 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 come back over here. Y'all don't look at me like, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. God, how come they got an easy road? You don't know what they're going through and they don't know what you're going through either. Leave that alone. Let it go. You need to be right here. God, how come it doesn't seem right that, no, 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 don't look over there. That's on the left. Stay in front of you. God, I can't believe that. No, 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 that's on the right. Stay in front of you. Why? Because freedom is your business between you and God, not everybody else's. And their journey with God is none of yours either, friend. You need to get where you're at with God so that you can, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't turn from it. Stay right where God has you. Then you may be successful wherever you go. Then the prosperous life that God has for you, right? 
It says, keep the book of the law on your mouth day and night. What does he say? Go back to it real quick. It says, keep this book of the law on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say then, then you'll be prosperous and successful, right? Listen, for some of you, this is for you, but it's not just for you. For some of you, you inherited something from your parents or grandparents that you've been carrying around that, listen, God wants to set you free from it before your kids have to carry it too. God wants to set you free from some things that no, no longer move on to the next generations. Listen, for some of you, you saw it in your great-great-grandfather and your great-grandfather and your grandfather and your father. Listen to me. It's time for you to break that chain so that you get to walk in something called freedom rather than continuing on the journey that they handed to you, all right? You may have inherited it, but it is your, experience, it is your responsibility to let it go so that the generations after you can be set free. I put it in your notes like this. I said, release the things of the past. Say past. Release the things of the past so that you can experience freedom in the present. And then, say then, then you can walk and the fulfillment of God's promises for generations to come. Let's pursue this for God. Let's pursue it for us. But listen to me, let's pursue it for the people that come after us so that we can all inherit God's fulfillment. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving in our lives and you're leading us, God. You've brought us right up to the edge of even looking, God. You're showing us that there's a new season, there's a next step, there's a Jordan to cross so that we can step into where you're leading us, God. But we know that it's not about stopping something, it's not about not becoming, but it's about becoming. It's not about moving away from, it's about moving toward. And so God, I pray that you prompt all of our hearts to say yes to you in a greater way so that we can have a revelation of what it is you wanna do in our life. And as we pursue you and as you show up in our lives, God, I pray that it, it wouldn't just be something that impacts us. But Father, for those of us that have children or for those that are going to have children and those of us that if you're going to lead other generations through various ways that you may have us minister, God, we pray right now that you show us freedom so we can help show other people freedom. But God, we would realize we can't go there with others until we go there with you. And so God, for each one of us, show us that there's a next step, a new season where you're moving. We thank you today and we love you in Jesus' name. Minister to the hearts of your people. Help us realize you're taking us somewhere. It's in your name that we pray, amen. With all of your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here or you're watching us online and you say, Brad, I I know that I want to step into that season, but if I were honest with you and I were honest with myself and I was even honest with God, I would say that Jesus is not the Lord of my life. I, would, I know about God, but I would know that I'm not right with God. And I need Jesus to make me new. I know there's sin in my life that separates me from him, but I'm ready to see that gap get closed and I'm ready to say yes to Jesus and be saved. And today, if that's you, the beauty of the gospel is that even though sin separated you from God, Jesus died on the cross and all it takes for you to be saved is to put your faith in him, your belief that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And today, if you're ready to make that statement, if you're ready to make that confession, if you're ready to make that commitment to Jesus and put your faith in him, then he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Faith makes you saved. But the prayer just gives us a language to speak it out loud. And the whole church is gonna pray with you right now. So let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. 
Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Through your death, through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus, let's give it up for all those that pray that, perhaps for the first time when we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.